Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Sunday after again, and I know how that goes. And uh, so that's, that's quite a few. So I guess we could have seven services on Sunday and uh, <laughs> give everybody a give everybody around. But they're going to be going on up to Michigan and have other obligations and such. But it's a treat to have them, not the, just them as well, but also they didn't have another kid, folks, or adopt anybody. Uh, well, since the last time they was here, and we're so glad to have Esther with us as well. She's been traveling with them uh, throughout the summer. Amen, and we're so glad to have her and got to spend a, a meal with them and her at a general ministry conference and uh, just a, a sweet young lady and a, such a great disposition, no doubt a great benefit to the Glassbell family. It really helps them out a lot. Amen, it really helps them out a lot. Amen, but we're grateful that uh, they had a service that they could come by and, and be a treat here on a Wednesday. This is a real treat, amen, for a Wednesday night to have an evangelist come by and minister the word of the Lord. It is. It is. And so you all have been exposed to his ministry before. Uh, he, <laughs> there was the word exposed is totally innocent. Amen. We not even talk today. And, uh, but we truly do. We love, we love this family and, and uh, what, what they're doing for the kingdom of God and ministering the word of the Lord and uh, their devotion and their dedication to doing this. And with three children at that, I tip my hat, amen, to them tremendously. And Sister, Sister Glassbell and, and teaching these kids on the road and all everything that entails entailed in that and we appreciate them love them uh i don't i don't have any sad or bad stories to tell brother glass spell of anybody i've ever spoke to that have had you i've I've never heard anything negative never heard anything negative or, or, or even a suspicion of negativity and so that good that does well sometimes your reputation follows you and sometimes it goes before you and somewhere in life you'll do both and so uh, we're, we're appreciative tonight uh, for man of caliper. Will you put your hands together for the Lord tonight? Amen. And welcome, Brother Glassbell and the Lord this evening. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's, it's a joy and honor to be here. And I'm going to try to get myself situated. He spoke of exposure as if we needed some sort of SPF 15 or something. We got to. <laughs> we have been very privileged to meet and to become friends with, I think it's safe in saying, the McGee's. And from seeing this couple and pastor from from a distance had great great uh respect for them but the more you get to know them the more respect that you have for them the closer you get i met some people that it's the opposite of that but it's not been so with uh brother and sister mcgee and we're we're really 
blessed to be here with you guys, and I count it an honor and a privilege. And I'm, I'm a tad bit nervous tonight because I've never preached what I'm going to preach to you. And in fact, I've kind of been, been mulling these scriptures over, if that's a word, I don't, in my mind for a while. And, and I was thinking, what, what am I going to say? What, what, would, what would God have us to say? And, and I just begin to work this together. And I, I, I hope I've heard from God. And if not, Sister Sarah will tell me immediately. <laughs> So if you have your Bibles, or if you just want to cheat and look at the screen, we're going to go to Exodus 15 and 22. I don't know what's going to happen. That's, that, that's what kind of gets you nervous. My hands are a little... I don't, know, I don't know what's going to happen. and I'm, I'm hoping that... That, that we just let God do what He wants to do. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. And for the name of it was called Marah. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now I want you to understand Three days. Three days from crossing the Red Sea. Three days from seeing the army of Pharaoh destroyed. Three days. They begin to murmur against Moses saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments. Keep all his statues. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I'd like to talk to you tonight just for a little while. And this, this title, The Blessing of Mara. The Blessing of Mara. Mara means bitter. Sometimes when we get to bitter places, God wants to bless us more than He did when He brought us through the Red Sea and more than He did when He's going to take us. There's a blessing in Mar. I want us to lift our hands together and just ask God to have His way. Lord, I'm asking You that You can just have Your way. Let it not be my words, God, but let it be Your words and let the anointing of God flow. I feel you in this place, God. I feel you already. Lord, I feel a power and an anointing in this house. I feel a blessing. Pray that you can loose every bond, loose every chain. Let every rope become as flax and let the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost minister to us. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. You may be seated. I speak tonight to the bitter places in our lives. The maras, the bitter waters, the bitter situations, the bitter places. That it just doesn't seem. It just seems that right after 
such great victory. It always seems that right after the great victories and the great mountains in our life that we always find ourselves in Mara. It seems that after the greatest mountaintops we always find it easy to locate the deepest valleys. Why, why is it? Why is it that the waters of Mara are always placed right after the glorious triumphs of our life? I don't know about anybody else, but I know there are times in my life where it's a Sunday and I've experienced the highest high I've ever been on. But when I get to Monday, it's the lowest low that I've ever walked through. I don't understand. I don't understand how right after the horse and the rider are thrown into the sea. And right after the banner of victory is raised and the white flag of the enemy goes up, there's always a mar, there's always a bitter place, there's always a place of thirst. It's one thing in life that I never understand. I always think within myself that after I experience victory and that after I experience a good place in God, that the road will be smooth and it will no longer be rocky, but I've found that that is not the case. For after the greatest victories, I find that there's always a low place. We see that Elijah himself, after destroying the 850 prophets and slicing them up and their blood runs into that water and the sacrifices burn up from the fire from heaven, he doesn't go on a spree of victory. He doesn't go shouting down the streets, but we find him in a cave, hiding away from the voice of Jezebel. There's always a Mara. After the Red Sea, I, I, I don't understand it, but I know that it's true. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain it to you. I, I, I can't find any scripture in the Bible that says it's going to happen. I just know that it does. So you understand that Mara was always Mara. It doesn't say that Moses and the children of Israel named it Mara. It was always Mara. The Bible says that when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name was called Mara. They knew when they showed up. They knew when they walked there. God didn't turn the water bitter. God didn't make it bitter just for them. God didn't say, I'll show them a thing or two. I'll give them what for. How dare you praise me like that? How dare you thank me? It was always bitter. The waters were always bitter. It even says in commentaries that they're bitter to this day. To right now, they're still bitter. There's something in the soil there. They call it natron. It's in the soil. And it causes the water to be bitter. You, uh, you, you got to understand with me that if it was the Egyptians standing in Mara, the water would still be bitter. If the Syrians came to the water, it would still be bitter. If the Philistines walked up to that pool of water and tried to drink, it would still be bitter. And I know that in our lives we have all come to some bitter waters. And I know in our lives that we've all come to some bitter streams and some bitter places, but you must remember that the world, they also come to bitter water. 
The unsaved also show up in Mara. The Baptists and the Methodists, the atheists, everybody one way or the other in their life, they are going to show up at bitter waters. So we've got to make up our mind that if I go in the world, it's not going to be any better. I'm still going to have bitter water. But I know if I show up with God, he's going to give me a way to make the water sweet. He's going to show me a way to make the water sweet. There are going to be times in life when it's not just what we wanted it to be. It's not going to be just how we planned it. Everybody's going to have their day on the shores of Mara. Everybody. I don't care if you pray for 23 out of 24 hours a day. I don't care if you walk on cloud 10. Well, everyone else is on cloud nine. There's a mar up there on cloud ten. You're going to run into some bitter water. You're going to run into some bitter waters. There's always going to be a time when your foot hits the brim of that river. And when you reach down for something cool to drink, it will be bitter. You can't hide from it. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. There is nothing that you can do. We'll all have our time there on the shores of Mara. Look at me, if you will, at the life of Naomi. Her husband takes her to the land of Moab with her two sons. And while there, they find two women. They get married. Everything looks great. They have escaped the famine of Bethlehem, Judah. They find a good place to live, but somewhere along the line, something happens. Malon and Kilion died. Her husband died and she is left alone with her two daughters-in-law. Now, I, I don't know why all three men died. I don't know how they died. It doesn't tell us that. Apparently, the death records in that day and age weren't as well filled out as they are today. We were, we were walking through the, through the graveyard today because that's my wife's favorite thing to do. And I was periscoping it. I, you know, it's, don't ask. And, uh, and this is her favorite pastime, graveyard time. And I made the statement that when I die, I'm going to get visited a lot more than when I live. That's how much she likes the graveyard. But, but while we were there, I, I saw a name. It was, you know, kind of a family. And in the bottom of one, it says, you know, rest, lie, rest, or rest, peace. I don't know. Rest, it, it was something like that. But on the middle, the, the middle, it had like a court thing, and it said uh, justice of the peace or something. And I thought maybe this lady was a judge or something. So I looked her name up. And, and over, I was Google. And over it, I guess, and I found out that the name was, was uh, the Liberty Cemetery in Cynthiana. And that little tiny cemetery, when I found it, it had records and it showed a picture of her tombstone and her name. And I was like, this is really interesting. And I tried that for Malon and Kilion, and I could not find one record of how they died or when they died. It wasn't in there. They didn't have their tombstone laying there. They didn't have all the records, but I, I just started thinking that maybe, just maybe, this might be a, a stretch, but you, you just bear with me, all right? Maybe with this ongoing famine, maybe there came with it an influx of disease. And maybe it caused an untold number of deaths 
Because that's what happens during a famine. People die. Maybe her husband and her sons, maybe they died of a disease that was caused by this great famine that caused people to move from their own homeland. But Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah, you need to understand this. They weren't the only ones that lost a husband in those 10 years. They weren't the only ones that lost a son. She wasn't the only one that was left all alone. I, I don't have the record for you. I, can't, I cannot tell you where it's written down. But over the span of 10 years, I'm sure that they were not the only family in Moab that dealt with loss and that dealt with death. And Naomi... You might be strolling into Bethlehem, Judah, feeling sorry for yourself. And you might be walking in proclaiming to everybody how bitter you are and how bad everything has got to be. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore, but call me bitter. I went out full, but I've come back empty. I've been afflicted. The Lord has testified against me. Naomi, you might be hurt and you might be bitter, but there's some people in Moab that are hurt and that are angry and that are upset at God over things. You are not the only one that's ever been through something. You are not the only one that's dealt with loss. I want you to lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost, right? You are not the only one that's dealt with this before. There's other people that have dealt with loss. There's other people that have dealt with sickness. And Naomi, you might just be as bitter and as upset as anybody else in Moab. But unlike the Moabites, you've got an option. For the Bible says that there was bread in the house of God. There was bread in the... Oh, my, my, my. Naomi, when you make up your mind that you're going to stop laying down in the dirt and you're going to stop feeling sorry for yourself, there is a call coming from heaven that there's still bread in the house of God. There's still substance in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's still there. It's still in the house of God. When you get up and you shake the dust off and you cancel your pity party and you blow out the candles and stop feeling sorry for yourself, you'll find out that there's still bread in Israel. There's still bread in the house of God. Hallelujah. I know things might not have gone your way this week or this month or this year, but my friend, no matter how bad it gets, there's still bread in the house of God. There's still a refuge in the house of God. The name of the Lord is still a strong power. hear me I might be standing on the banks of bitter waters but I refuse to stay in Mara I might be standing at the banks where waters are bitter I might be in Moab I have lost everything but I'm going back to Judah and I'm going back to the house of bread somebody got to step away from Mara and somebody's got to head back to Bethlehem Judah somebody's got to get out of that bitter water Hallelujah, I feel something stirring right now. Somebody's got to get over the bitterness. Somebody's got to get over uh, standing by bitter water. Bad things happen to everybody. But I'm telling you, if you make up your mind, I'm not waiting here at Mara, but I'm going to go back to Judah. I'm going to get a praise in my spirit. I don't have to stay. 
How easy, how easy, how easy is it to feel empty? She was afflicted. She thought that God had turned his back on her. But what she failed to realize is that she was just a few weeks away from getting back everything that she lost. She thought God had afflicted her. She said, change my name. Just write me off. Be done with me. But she didn't know that she was just a few steps away from living in plenty. And she was just a few steps away from getting her farm back and from living in the overflow. And there might be some people of God, some good saints of God here that feel like you've been afflicted and that feel like you've left full, but now you're empty and feel like sickness has stolen some areas of your life, feeling like unrest and turmoil have stolen some areas of your marriage. But I feel a spirit of restoration in this place. And you need to know that you're just a few days away. That if you could just hold on, you're just a few days away. Somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord. Somebody right now, just step out of bitterness and step on in to the flowing waters of Judah. Step on in to the flowing waters of praise. Lift your hands. I feel something stirring right now in this place. There's somebody. You are just a few days away from getting back everything that was taken from you. You're just a few days away from your healing. You're just a few steps away, but you've got to be ready to step out of Mara. Come on, I've got to ask somebody. Are you ready to step out of Mara and step on into praise? Are you ready to step out of bitterness and step on into the promised land? Are you ready to step out of Mara and be done with the bitter water and step on into Judah where you can lift your hands and give them praise? Ma, ma, ma. You see, that's what the issue is. The issue is we want to wait till we get out of Mara before we lift a hand. We want to wait until we get out of Mara before we lift our voice, before we clap our hands, before we praise God. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care if I'm standing on fresh soil that's bitter and that's no good at all and I can't drink it. I know that if I praise him long enough, there'll be a blessing in that water. I know there'll be a blessing in the water. There'll be a blessing if I can pray. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to praise him until my blessing comes. I'm going to praise him until my healing comes. I'm going to praise him until the water's aren't bitter anymore. I wonder if there's anyone else tonight that'll say I'm going to praise them until. I'm going to lift my hands until. I'm going to lift my voice until. Until I get what I need from God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Preacher, you, you just don't understand the battle I've been in. You don't understand the circumstances that I've faced. The problem today is we're an I generation. 
It's an iPod and I touch and I this and I that. You don't know what I've been through. You just don't know what it's been like. You're right, I don't. I can't count the sleepless nights. And I can't count the tears that are shed on your pillow. And I cannot hear the prayers and the cries of supplication. You're right. I don't know what you've been through. But I've got news for you. You don't know what your neighbor's been through. And you don't know what the person beside you's been through. And you don't know what the one that's lifting their hand and lifting their voice has been through. There could be somebody right now that's standing on the banks of Mara. But you'll never know it. Because they still got a praise in their heart. They still got a praise in their lips. I don't know how thirsty you are. I don't know how spiritually dehydrated and weary you are. I don't know. I can't tell. Mm -mm. But I simply take you to a man named Samson in the valley of Lehi. The Philistines, the Bible said, had bound him. In fact, it was his own men that bound them. You bind me, he says, and just don't lay a hand on me. It'll be all right. They had his hands tied, and they were ready for victory. The Bible tells us. Mm -mm -mm. I'm taking a breath. I'm really tired. in this place I feel a deliverer in this house today you understand something I, I know I know I know that it's not all in the shout I've heard it enough I've heard it all the time it's not all, but I'm going to tell you something it's not all in the sit and stare either there's got to come a time when although our feet are in bitter waters, we still have to be able to lift our voice and praise and we still have to be able. The Bible tells us that Samson's hands were tied with two ropes. And when they arrive in Lehi, the word of God says that the Philistines begin to shout against him. They begin to shout against him. And the Bible records that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson. Someone shout mightily. Come on, someone shout mightily. I think that sometimes all that we need to silence the voice of the roaring enemy in our lives and all that we need to shut the devil up and every once in a while we need to let the Spirit of God move mightily upon us. I understand about just letting the Lord move. Let's let the Lord move tonight. Woo! We get a few guys that'll clap their hands and say hallelujah. And a few ladies will say woo. And we'll go home and say, boy, didn't the Lord move. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about letting the Spirit of God move mightily upon us. 
I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired of humdrum services. I'm tired of lay me down to sleep prayers. I'm tired of two songs, a pretty sermon, and everybody goes home. I think we ought to have the Spirit of God move mightily upon us. Move mightily upon us. Move mightily upon us. Is there anybody tonight that would say on a Wednesday, I'm all right with the Spirit of God moving mightily upon us. I'm all right with you moving mightily upon us. Hallelujah. Somebody shout yes. Come on, somebody shout yes. We ought to let them move. Quench not the Spirit. You ought to just let them move mightily upon you today. Now, I've got to give you a disclaimer about this moving mightily upon us. I've got to give you a disclaimer. You can sign the paper later because when we let the Lord move mightily upon us, I've got to let you know we might leave here with a few wrinkles in our clothes. I don't, hate, I, I don't want to be the one to break the bad news to you. But if you really let the Spirit of God move mightily upon you, you might leave here with some bobby pins missing. You might leave here drunk on the Holy Ghost. You might have to be carried out of here. We might have to wake up on the floor. You might be rolling around and end up under a pew. But I'm all right with it. I'm all right if the Spirit of God moves mightily upon me. You want to get out of Mara? Let His Spirit move on you. Come on, we might shout. I've just got to write it down for you. We might jump. We might get a little crazy. Somebody might run. Somebody might dance. But I'm all right with letting the Spirit of God move mightily upon me. All that might happen, but I can assure you, Brother Mason, if all that happens, we're going to leave here free. We're going to leave here with no more change. We're going to leave here free. We're going to leave here delivered. We're going to leave here blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody, would you just praise them for a minute? Somebody, would you just worship them? I might leave a little sweaty, but I'll leave here free. I believe here with no more chains. But you've got to let them move on you. You've got to let them move on you. You've got to let them move on you. Come on, somebody reach out to him right now. I understand. I understand about Mara. I understand about sickness. But if you can let him move on you, your praise will be greater than cancer. Your praise will be greater than disease. Your praise can break you out of bitterness. Your praise can break you out of where you are. I get it, I get it, I get it. 
It's easy to pray on a sun, or praise and worship and let loose on a Sunday morning when the band's pumping and everybody else is with you. And it's easy to, to let loose and worship when everything's going good and, and when you don't have hell broke loose in your life. And when all the bills are paid, it's easy to praise God. But the blessing of Mara is that God says, I will give you a chance to praise me on the banks of bitterness. I'll give you a chance to praise me when everything has gone wrong. I'll give you a chance to worship when you are in chains. I'll give you a chance to praise me because if you could praise me on the banks of Mara, there's an Elam ready. There's some fountains of life ready. There's some fountains for you. So I want to give somebody a chance right now to praise them. On the, come on, it might not be all right. Everything might not be going good. It might be a tired Wednesday. But if I could get in his presence, everything will be all right. Hallelujah. The blessing of Mara is when I'm weak, he's strong. The blessing of Mara is I'll praise him in my infirmities. Blessing of Mara is though he slay me, and I'll trust him. I don't know about anybody else, but some of the greatest blessings that I've ever got, some of the greatest moves of God I've ever been in, some of the closest times that I've ever been to God have not been on the banks of the Red Sea. They've not been over in Elam with all of the fountains and all the palm trees. No, no sir, no ma'am. Some of the greatest times I've ever had with God is when I decided that I was going to praise Him in the midst of my hurt and in the midst of my struggle and in the midst of the pain that I was in. And I knew that things weren't right. And I knew that I'd fallen. And I knew that I'd sinned. And I knew that my life was in a mess. But I decided I'm going to praise Him anyway. I'm going to give Him glory anyway. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There's got to come a time when you learn how to praise Him. I'm not in a hurry. Why don't we pray for a minute and feel after the Spirit? God, we need you. Lord, we need you to help us to break through. Blessing. The blessing of Mara is that when I come to the weakest place in my life, and when I come to the most bitter point that I've ever been in, it's then that the sweet spirit of God becomes so strong and so real to me. And he comes and he reminds me of the covenant. He reminds me of the cross and of the tree. And he reminds me that his strength comes 
when I seem like I'm standing waist deep in the waters of Mara. I want you to stand with me tonight. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to lift your voice. Because I feel there's some people that your toes are wet with the water from Mara. And the enemy wants nothing more than to have you walk out of here bitter and angry. Bitter and upset and waiting until you get out of Mara before you praise them. But there is a great deliverer that is calling you right now. Hallelujah. You ready? Why don't you lay your hand on the person beside you and why don't you begin to pray with them for just a minute? I feel like we need to intercede for that person. We're going to break out of Mara in just a minute, but some people need some help. They need some help breaking through. They need some help reaching God right now. Reach over and pray for them. You don't know how deep their knees are in the water of Mara. You don't know how deep they are in the waters of Mara. Just don't know. Hallelujah. Oh God, I don't Samson, Samson wins a great victory. Samson slays thousands with the jawbone. But when it's all over, when it's all over, the Bible says that he takes that jawbone and he throws it down. And it's not long after that he begins to complain. It's not long after that he begins to look to God and say, Lord, why would you let me win this victory and then die? That's us. We win a victory. We got a jawbone. We shout. We praise. But the next day, we find ourselves in the valley and we wonder why God has brought us here to die of thirst. Why have you brought us here? But the Lord looks at Samson. and He says, Samson, here's all you got to do. Just go back over there and pick the jawbone up again because in your victory is where I'll sustain you. And the weapon that you use to win is what you'll use to be sustained and to be. I wonder why when we're on the mountain, we shout, we dance, we rejoice. But when you get in the valley, we throw the jawbone down. But I'm going to tell somebody that the old weapon still works. Praise still works. Lifting your voice still works. Fasting still works. The worship of God still works. The dance still works. It still works today if you can pick it up while you're in the waters of Mara.
I can see, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now in this place. God wants to deliver somebody. I can see in the distant shadows, Miriam dancing on the banks of the Red Sea. But when she gets to Mara, she throws her timbrel down. And then the murmuring begins. But I just begin to wonder what would happen if she would have kept that timbrel and dance all the way to the banks of Mara. I can't say for sure. But I think that when they stepped into Mara, the waters would have already been sweetened if they would have kept the prayer of God going in their life. Praise them in Mara. If you could praise them when it looks like you should be bitter, the devil doesn't know what to do with the saint of God that could stand in the waters of Mara and pick up that timbrel and say, I still got to praise. He doesn't know what to do with somebody that could pick up that timbrel in the lowest state of your life and pick it up and say the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. They can say the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Oh, I wish somebody would help me. I wish somebody would help me. Because right now when it should be bitter, right now when they should have given up, they've got a praise in their heart. They've got a praise on their lips. It'll still bring you out of Mara. Worship will still bring you out of the bitterness. Worship will still bring you into sweet waters today. Come on. Hallelujah, I know it's Wednesday. I want Brother Mason to play. And as he begins to play, somebody, I feel in the Holy Ghost, you need to go pick up that timbrel that you used to have. You need to go pick up that dance that you used to have and say, I refuse to stay in Mara any longer. Put your hands together. Somebody release their praise today. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.